Hey, this is your host, Paul Edsbitter Jr., and I'm here to remind you that if you have access to iTunes, we ask that you rate and review the show. That way we'll be able to climb the charts and continue to deliver bigger and better guests so that we can continue the educated hustle journey. And now, let's start the show. to the Educated Hustle Podcast. This is your host, Paul Laxvitter Jr. and my co-host, Emilio Porter. Emilio, what's going on today, man? Man, it's a great day out here, man. Really great. And I'm just excited to be out here continuing doing what we love to do, and that's the hustle. The hustle is right, man. And I think I have a good little gem for the, the listeners today. Um, you know, I was browsing on Facebook and... I came across this article that um, that uh, shout out to Melissa Westbrook. I, mean, I don't know if she listens to the podcast, but she was uh, the former president at UCF, and she dropped this article that showed that eight of the uh, Ivy League schools in the nation um, are dropping free courses online uh, for anybody to take, and not it's about two hundred and fifty or so that are left. Um, and it's on this website called classcentral.com where you can go look through the uh, courses if they if any of them interest you uh you can go up on there and sign up for for the free um and i know not all of them uh are free in particular but the majority of classes that i've browsed um have a free component to it so if you're into just learning grasping new tech new uh aspects new knowledge um, check out that website, man. Classcentral.com. Uh, Emilio, man, I know you. I know you kind of browsed it a little bit, man. Did you? You find anything that interests you? I did. I did. You know, I'm a marketing major. Easily forgotten, though. <laughs> but I am, and I. I found. Uh, I. You know, they had one course there, but unfortunately, it, it became paid, which. You know, I understand why because they were that was a free gem. Like I would have been, I would have been in class on the computer, just you know, with my book and my notebook and my, and my glasses. I don't even wear glasses, but I would have to don them for the effect. But um, <laughs> no, I think there's a lot of great things on there. I mean, they have classes on there about Greek mythology and you know, science, computer sciences, and you know, history and civil liberties classes. Like I think it's a great resource, and you know, I think if you want to get into the nitty gritty, I think some high schoolers you should try to check it out because you get a free glimpse to a college course and obviously what to expect. Now, since it's Ivy League schools, it, it might be a little bit tougher than what, you know, normal courses is, but I think it's a good preview. And for anyone else that just kind of wants to get back into the swing of things, you know, you haven't been doing school for a while, you want to kind of figure out what it's going to be like, you're going to be thinking about going back to master, you just want to see if you can still do it. I think it's a great resource to learn and better yourself because, I mean, we can all better ourselves. And shoot, Ivy League, give it out for free? Shoot, if tuition's not free, those courses are. So, I mean, why not take advantage? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I signed up for two so far. Um, intro to personal branding. Um, I think that's going to be a key. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, any little tidbits I can get about my brand, I, I would definitely love to learn about. And then um, also how to create contagious content. And, you know, that's vital for what we doing in the podcast industry. So um, definitely would uh, advise those two courses so far. Um, they make it real simple. It's just the guy kind of giving his examples on, um, you know, the content. Uh, and you could always rewind. I'm taking screenshots. I'm not a big note taker. So I just take a screenshot of, you know, the slide that he's on that I feel that it's a gem. 
and you know compile it in my notes of of how to look back and uh redo the things and rehash what i learned and then every uh at the end of each course they let you take a quiz and the quiz is pretty basic i mean it just if you're paying attention if you're learning you'll be able to pass that quiz and you can pay for a certification but um i'm just learning it for the knowledge man i'm not really trying to get certifications unless i feel like i really need it so i'm just into learning man <laughs> Paul, so let me go ahead and get this real quick <laughs> <laughs> no i mean that's just phenomenal and it's a great resource and we definitely definitely encourage people to go out there and use it but of course you know while that was a great little tidbit i know why you're really here the guest of honor we have maximilian on the day and she is a powerhouse a beacon like her resume is, is is stacked on stacked on stacked on stacked on stacked. Like you have right now a podcast podcaster, an offer, a podcasting offer uh, with her own series. She's also dabbled in acting, directing, produce. I mean, honestly, anything in the entertainment world, she has done it. And you know, even if you want to add more shine, she also does her own editing for some of her own work. So it's like, you know, what does she not have her hands in? But she comes on to the show today and blesses us. And it, she really provides a phenomenal, phenomenal flavor to the show. I mean, we've had a lot of offers on, but we never had a, a person who basically, you know, is doing an audio visual book through her podcasting medium. And you can tell that she's a creative um, author or artist, I should say, because her words, her imagery, they're really bold, they're really powerful, they take you to places that are, you know, characters that are very flawed or relatable, and she has such engaging content that it's, it's hard not to get swept up in it, and I could tell, you know, me and Paul, when we were interviewing her, we were really kind of sitting there with the wide eyes, you know, teary, wide eyes look of just how she was able to, you know, encompass and say so much in the space that she was given. Yeah, bro, I think you hit the, you know, the nail on the head, and she, uh, talks about being a visionary and just having the ability to set yourself in a spot where no one's kind of set themselves before and craft out your own path and i think that she's going to give you some gem i know i know Emilio had the jump thing ringing that episode ringing. man it was it was one after one uh, the the amount of quotes and rememberables that she was able to deliver and i think that you guys are in for a great treat Yes, you are. And I mean, we're just happy that she blessed us with being on the show. And and yeah, it, it's funny. We were talking with Mr. Mike Street. He has a podcast series called Smart Brown Voices. We were, you know, exclusive little hot tip if it comes out before then. We were on the show and he blessed us. But he was talking to us about how you should use your network to try and get more people for your podcast. I think there's a lot of people who want to do podcasts. And the first thing they always ask is, hey, how, do I, how am I going to get people on? Well, you know, with Maximilian, we actually found her because we were looking for, you know, someone to come in and review our show and give us some feedback. And she did. And then we found out that she has her own podcasting and she's doing, you know, with a minute we found out how I made the show. We, we had to bring her on the show and she politely agreed to come. And I think we've been we've known her as a we had her as a reason for a long time. But we actually finally like talk to her and i know me and paul are kicking ourselves because like she's done a lot of amazing things for us and i know we're definitely saying like we should have been in we should have been you know not to be you know inappropriate but we should have been up in them dms sooner so <laughs> you know um but it, it, it really is great because not only is she a great guest she's a great person and she's you know been in this you know area and space for a while and she's really taken me and paul underneath her wing 
underneath her wings and really put us in positions to succeed. And, you know, we can't talk too much about it right now because we're still in some, you know, still trying to figure out, you know, get our heads wrapped around. But I definitely think you're going to see some big things from us. And she is the the sole reason why it's, it's basically happening. So big shout outs to her. Big shout outs to just her taking the time to talk to us. And, oh, man, it's been a great experience all around. Yes, sir. And let's get it started, man. Alrighty, and today we have our first ever podcasting author, Miss Maximilian Defoe. How you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. I didn't know I was your first ever podcasting author. Well, I feel really honored about that. <laughs> yes, you're gonna be in the, the record books for us. We're gonna have like oh! your your image chiseled on the wall somewhere. So you know. Oh, I love it. It's all good, and we appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, I just kind of wanted to you for you to enlighten the audience on what a podcasting author does and uh, let them know some of your works. What a podcasting author does is take their, their books, their stories, and then translate them into a serialized audio drama form entertainment, I guess it's like, that sounds kind of a kind of ratchety kind of uh, wiggly. But basically, I take my stories, the books that I've written, and I've created audio dramas so that they are enjoyable to listen to just the audio. Yes, and th- that they are. I mean, um, one of your series, Afterlife, it, it's, you know, just in my learning of some episodes, I get this sense like you really kind of put your entire energy and soul into the production and make it come alive. And I kind of want to lead that to our first question. So in that Afterlife series, you have two main characters, Jimmy and Karen, and they kind of live, live flawed lifestyles that are really relatable. So could you kind of tell us like what were your influences when it came to making these characters? My influences were my real life. I am Los Angeles born and raised, and there are all kinds of interesting people in Los Angeles. And a lot of people there who have come from other places who are desperately trying to make it. And when you have people who have sacrificed a lot just to be in a city, a lot of times people behave in ways that are um, outside of what is necessarily beneficial to everybody. Basically, you have a lot of people doing things that are not nice to other people and behaving in ways that are self-destructive. And um, so I've had a lot of experiences with all kinds of different people just living in Los Angeles, people trying to break into Hollywood and myself being in the entertainment industry as well. So my characters, Jimmy and Karen, are a compilation of all the different types of people that I've met, experience, specific experiences that I've had. There's a character in the story called Richard, and Richard is based on a friendship that I used to have. And Jimmy is based on, like, every guy I've dated in L.A. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out to them, right? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all those guys I love but don't talk to anymore. And Karen is is me, but also a compilation of, of other friendships I've had as well. And part of me is in Jimmy as well. Some of the mistakes that Jimmy makes are mistakes that I've made. And some of the things that Jimmy has done to other people are some things that were done to me. Basically, I am woven throughout each of those characters. Okay. And that that's that's really good to, to know. And it's really cool to understand that that, that you can put in 
some of your life work into what you do on the podcast. And I also wanted to know, you know, you describe your work as a, a as bedtime stories for the elect- intellectually adventurous. Um, could you describe how you kind of thought to get into this genre? Wow, I like that you called it a genre. Well, you know, I love bedtime stories, and these are bedtime stories for adults. And they are multi-layered. So if you want to just read the story as it is without looking too deeply into it, it's an enjoyable tale. If you are interested in exploring what goes, what's beneath some of the motivations of the characters, there are gems there for you. Things to read and think about before you go to sleep at night. And while you're sleeping, hopefully they'll marinate. And when you wake up, you will be a little bit more aware, a little more interested in your surroundings and perhaps more sensitive to the people around you. Message right there for sure. Definitely right there for sure. And I think that's one of the cool things about your writing is like you you turned that bedtime stories it feels like a genre the way you approach things i mean your artistic voice and your artistic vision definitely make it feel like this is like a a well-decorated style of writing but i mean i kind of want to take a little break from the writing real quick just to go to your personal website so when people go to your personal website I, I, right there in the front and center, you have this tagline that I'm just gonna I'm just gonna spoil it for those. So the tagline is, you know, a visionary, an Aquarius, and a fucking diamond. Like, I, I, yes. how, how did you come across that mantra, and how has it really empowered you? It's something that I created. I made it up because when I was designing my website, I noticed, well, of course, you know, when you're building something from scratch, you want to look and see what other things are successful, like what you're building. Pardon me. And what I noticed is that people that had websites, artists, um, strategists, everybody, they had some type of tagline to describe themselves and what they have to offer, like a like a little tagline. And so I was like, well, I've got to have something. And so I came up with those three because I am a visionary. And if you look up the word visionary, there are many definitions, but one of them in particular is a person who has a vision that is considered presently, that's the key word, presently considered impractical. Hmm. Presently considered impractical. Not that it's actually impractical, but that it's presently considered impractical. You know, like a dreamer, whatever. But the visionary is a person who has a vision of something that will come to be. Yeah. And um, Aquarius, because... I am an Aquarius. (laughs) And even though I don't know a lot about astrology, when I say, people often ask me what sign I am. And when I tell them I'm an Aquarius, people instantly think they know everything about me. And they feel, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a very positive way. People go, oh, Aquarius, I can get along with you. Oh, Aquarius, you're a dreamer. Whatever people say always seems to be right. It's something that people instantly understand uh, when I say that. Fucking diamond. Well. Everybody wants to be a diamond, but nobody wants to get cut, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to get cut if you're going to shine. You you just have to. A diamond is a natural resource that comes deep, deep, deep from within our earth. And how it gets to the surface where we can even get at it is through volcanic activity, which if you've ever seen a video of like a volcano, it's a violent eruption, it's hot, nothing can withstand this heat. Yet this 
this activity is what takes this natural resource and delivers it to where it's accessible. Another thing about a diamond or the quality of diamond is that it has the very unique ability to disperse different colors of light. A diamond also, um, it's, there are very few impurities that can penetrate a diamond. It's very hard and it's an excellent conductor as well. And it's great at cutting and shaping other things so I can make other diamonds. You feel me? Do we feel you? Do we feel you? <laughs> man, we, man, hold on one more. I just think I had to make up like for my entire life just pressing that button right there with all the diamonds. <laughs> I think everyone who listened to that definitely felt you. Excellent, excellent. That was deep. Yeah, I definitely, uh, when you said, uh, if you know, diamonds, you got to get cut if you want to shine. I'm like, whoa, had to get up on my you know seat for a second. We weren't ready. Yeah. And, but you know, <laughs> well, let me answer the second part of your question. You asked me how it empowers me. How it empowers me is, is just, was that Paul that just said that? Um, yeah. it's just, it's that part about getting cut because we're taught to protect ourselves. You know, you don't want to get cut, right? Nobody wants to get cut, but I want it, how it empowers me is I have to remind myself it's not going to kill me. I'm going to shine. The pressure, like a diamond is created through all this pressure. The pressure, it's not going to kill me. It's going to make me what I am. Yes. And, that's, and the cut is going to help me show what I am, you know, I'm the I'm brilliant, help it come through. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it empowers me. It's a reminder that I can withstand all. Okay. Okay. And I, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, now that I go back on the website and I see that, I'm like, man, this, this answer is more than just surface level, man. You got to go deep with it. Uh, I wanted to um, dive into, you know, you, you've, you've written so many novels. Uh, you've done so much podcasting work. Um, if you could take an idea, you know, from one of your works and implement it into society, what would that be and why? It would be the tenet of Mollyville. The tenet of Mollyville is, and a tenet is just like, um, it is something that is agreed upon by everyone. Okay, a tenet. So the tenet in Mollyville is nothing shall go without kindness, care, or love. Not a snake, not a house, not a tree, not a person. Kindness, companionship, care, love. So if if the whole world were to adopt this, I feel like so many of the world's problems would be solved because those are the things that everything needs. Not only human beings, we all need companionship, but also structures, buildings. You ever hear about people talk about houses and how houses and buildings have souls, you know? Everything needs those those things. And I feel like if that was something that everyone in the world would agree to uphold on a personal level, that's the key. It's on a personal level. That means I personally am going to uphold this. That means not saying, oh, someone else will take care of that homeless guy over there. I see him. I do it. Hmm. So and it's like being accountable. Yeah, but it's, it's it's not really being accountable for others. It's being accountable for myself and understanding that my brother's well-being is in fact my own and that if he's not well, I'm not well. So by allowing my brother or my sister to be hungry, lonely, or any of those things, by allowing a house or a building or an animal to need care and 
to be able to give it and to do nothing, that is neglecting myself. And it's really a, a greater seeing. It's like, I'll give you a quick for instance. It's like this. When I look at an apple seed, I see the apple seed and I see the tree that could grow from it. And I see all of the fruits that could grow from that tree and all of the apple seeds that that tree will bear when I look at just the one apple seed. Mm. It's like if we can see each person like the apple seed, that's what that tenet would uphold. It would mean caring for everything like that, seeing beyond just the guy hungry, but seeing the children that he maybe could have, the things that he may be able to teach someone, the care that he may in turn later be able to give to another. To see all of that, in every human being would make it impossible not to help, not to share, wouldn't it? Indeed it would. And that's crazy. I, I mean, we, we, we definitely came for inspiration. You're getting it right here. You're getting even that, oh. <laughs> that, that Zen level deep dot inspiration. So, wow. Yeah. That's, that's a whole lot to process. That's a whole lot to process. Um, I guess <laughs> just trying to even lead off that is crazy, but we're going to have, we're going to try anyway. So you're like a, a quadruple threat. You know, you're, you're a podcasting author. You also are a regular author. You're a podcast host. You're, you're a screenwriter. And, and, and you have so many titles, it's hard to really kind of put them all in one. But I think the cool thing about it is, like, you currently right now host three different podcasts. Yeah. How are you able to kind of put, like, all of this required energy and creativity in all three of these things in addition to what you're doing else, elsewise and not feel like stretched thin or burned out. Because I'm obsessed. I get the biggest high from creating. And when I write something and it makes me smile or laugh or it makes me, it uplifts me, the idea that I could share that with one person, a hundred people, a thousand people, a million people, I'm trying to create that tenant of Mollyville, like in my real life. Mm -hmm. So anytime I create something or, or podcast something, produce something or write a song, I always do it with one goal in mind, and that is to uplift. And because that feels so good to me, uh, there is no stress because no one's making me do this. I'm doing this because it's my gift to the world. And it's what I want to do. There's nothing I'd rather be doing. So it's not stressful. Um, and it's a joy and it's a pleasure. When I'm not actively doing it, I'm thinking about how I could do it, how I could present it. I'm obsessed because it feels so good. <laughs> Got to give it to him right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's really great. You find so much um, joy out of what you do. And I kind of wanted to know what gives you more enjoyment. Was it writing or podcasting? Ooh, you know, I love all my kids the same. <laughs> <laughs> I writing was my first love. Podcasting was birthed out of necessity, but um, I really enjoy them both. You know, writing it for me anyway. Now, as I've been interviewing writers for television and other shows, I'm seeing more and more that many writers write with other writers, but that has not been my experience. So for me, writing has always been a very solitary business. And don't get me wrong, I love my own company, but it can be rather lonely. Podcasting, on the other hand, is different because it's almost like Walking around Los Angeles with a Lakers shirt on, you know, someone's going to smile at you. 
So podcasting has been that that thing that I've had to offer to to instigate conversation and interaction with people who are resonating with the stories that I tell. It's been a great door opener for me to meet wonderful, interesting, and beautiful people. And that's amazing. And that, that definitely resonates with why we podcast ourselves. And that was a great analogy where you said you're just like walking walking around LA with the with the Lakers jersey on because it's kinda of like, oh wow, I like that T twos and podcasting is yeah. like LA. You you do garner this much respect from people that you never even met just because of some of the fact that you are podcasting. So the way to really put it out there. I kinda wanna go, you know, a little bit deeper now, just into your 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 works of art. So okay. you have a writing style an imagery that's really bold and powerful. And as an author, and just any other person that's on this on our podcast, you have a personality that should like never be in the same sentence as the word boring. I kind of want to ask, like, what motivates you to write such ambitious, aware, emotionally transcendent stories that highlight revenge and triumph? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, earlier I was telling you, and I, I didn't try to make too fine a point upon it, but I'm just mm -hmm. going to flop it out there. A lot of people have really done me wrong, okay? Like, and I know everyone, I believe every single person listening to this has had at least one experience where somebody just really done them wrong, didn't treat you right or dropped the ball or didn't follow through or didn't show up for you. And I wanted to heal that. I wanted to feel better about all of those situations. And one of the things that has always made me feel really good now, I know this is not going to be very popular for me to say this, but it's the truth. But uh, <laughs> sometimes when somebody, see if you see if this resonates with you, you know, when somebody says something to you and it's some, they say something wrong to you, how maybe later you go, oh, I should have said X, Y, Z. And just thinking about the thing you should have said makes you feel a little better. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, if or if you're someone shoves you at the store, you go, oh, I wish they would fall on their face. Just thinking about that can, maybe can make you laugh and make you feel a little better. So I love writing stories where there's triumph and revenge because there is something whole making about that. It it is uplifting, even though it's like mean, it's still uplifting and it's exciting. Don't we love to see I mean, come on, like me personally, I like to watch uh, like murder mysteries and I like to read murder mysteries. But when you watch a show like a murder mystery, there's always you always know who's going to get killed because it's the guy or the woman at the beginning who's just an absolute jerk, mistreating people, <laughs> you know, causing trouble. You're like, oh, I can't wait for them to get killed. Right. 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 <laughs> <Spoiler> alert. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we love those reversals. And I like to show that because. It feels good to see somebody, it feels good to see a dog have their day, basically. Yeah, I get and, you. You know what You know what? I can kind of uh, make an equivalent to that? Huh? I, I, I'm a big Heat fan, right? And I was like, huge when the Heat was here, like, like LeBron came and I was excited. And then when he left, I just wanted to see him lose just because, <gasps> you know, he left my squad. So, oh. you know. I'm like, yo, vengeful against LeBron James. So every time I watch him play, I want to see him take the L because I got that revenge in me, you know? Have you gotten to see that happen? Oh, uh, the first time he went to the finals at Golden State, I saw it. So I was pretty happy. Did it really feel as good as you thought it would? Be honest. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could shoot out some tweets, you know what I'm saying? I could yeah. be like, yes. There's something in that. 
there's something in that that feels good. And so I, I enjoy that. I want to give people that, even though it's not the same as like our personal, uh, it's not like a personal healing, it still is uplifting. And so, you know, we love that. I, I'm not afraid to embrace my dark side. I'm so close with my dark side. We're best friends. It's like some people, they really, they don't like to acknowledge the darkness, their dark feelings. They don't like to acknowledge the parts of them that wants to see LeBron take the L. But not only do I do that, we cuddle up, we hug. Sometimes my dark side will say, hey, Maximilian, just chill. I've got it. And I go, okay. <laughs> what do I feel like whenever you make a big decision, you're like, your light side just doesn't even show up anymore. It's just all like you <laughs> and the dark side of your shoulder. Like, so what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got this. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, well, something I want to ask. I mean, it, it's it's like I said, there's so many accolades you have in your resume. It's hard to really pin down. But this one particularly stood out for me. So your 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 first podcast um, offer experience after life is currently nominated for an Audioverse Award. And I mean, we as podcasters, we know how much work goes into doing something and, and putting it out there. And, you know, you, you always have that feeling of never knowing how is it going to resonate? How are people going to take it? So how does it feel knowing that your work resonated with others and that you were actually able to be, you know, nominated for that award? And what would that what would win that award mean to you? Well, let me tell you, I found out that I did not win. Oh. However, I it did was rigged. make it to the... <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> but however, I did make it to the semifinals. And let me for the listeners, let me let me um share how, how that really looks. There were hundreds of entries. Afterlife was nominated in three different categories. And just in one category alone, I was up against 40 other podcasts that were wow. all excellent. And I made it to the top five. Top five in one category is still something to crow about. There were hundreds of entries. And so my real reason for wanting to be entered into that contest in the first place and why I was so happy I was nominated was I wanted to get more listeners and I achieved that. So for me, it wasn't really about winning because we, we, we didn't win any money or anything like that. It was really just about um, the accolades and being able to say, hey, I, I'm a winner. I'm a award-winning so-and-so. But So I feel like my goal was achieved just by being nominated. I know I must have gained at least one or a few more listeners just being nominated. So I feel like I win. But top five feels really good. If I had one, it would have been a real ego boost to be able to always say award-winning podcast, but maybe next year. And by the way, it did feel really good, and it does feel really good to hear that my work resonated and that it is resonating with people. Uh, because my writing is odd and it's strange, and I, I say things that are people go, what? You know, it's, it's out there. It's, it's not quite bizarro fiction, but it's a little bit weird. And I love that people are enjoying it and that someone nominated it and that people voted for it. It feels amazing. And it's very encouraging. And any artist always needs as much encouragement as is available. Mm -hmm. That 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 is true, and um, we congratulate on that. That's that's Thank a you. that's a big deal. I mean, you know, putting it in, the, in that situation, like you know, hundreds of people were nominated. You got a, you got nominated to run against forty, finishing in the top five. I mean, that's huge, man. So, you Thank know, you. I'm I'm sure you know you're gonna keep grinding, keep doing your thing, and, and 
uh, one day you're gonna get that award. We, you know, uh, we just want to make sure that you remember us when you, uh, right? When you're on that stage, maybe we can get a shout out or something. Exactly. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Are you kidding? <laughs> I always want the people that I like to be right in my line of sight. I want always to be breathing up the same air. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, it's not the same, but you know, for us, you're our number one. So you know, you have <laughs> oh, you that guys, <laughs> making me blush, and that's hard to do. <laughs> Well, you know, you've come such a long way, but I kind of want you to, you know, take us back to when you, you know, were writing your first book, you know, what made you want to take on that uh, task and how did you, you know, take that leap of faith in becoming a writer and uh, just kind of take us through that process? Okay. Well, let me ask for a little clarification first. You mean sure. the first the first book I published, right? Yes. First book you published. Let's, okay. let's go with that. Okay. Or well, we could even go back further. I mean, I, I don't know much about, you know, uh, writing that, that doesn't get published. So if you can even take us that far back, that'd oh, be great. Okay. Well, you know, a lot of writing doesn't get published at all. And that's for different reasons. Uh, sometimes people write for personal reasons, like they've got a story inside that they want to get out. But I've been writing, I, I write it, I started writing when I was about 12. And uh, I actually have that novel. It was a novel that I set out to write. I don't even know how many words it is, but I found it some years ago and I read it and I thought, oh, this isn't bad. But <clears throat> as my life, as my life went on and I developed interests in other things, I forgot about my love for writing and only picked it up again uh, in 2015. And so to answer the question, what made me write that? It, that was out of necessity. You hear writers talking about they had to write. That first story that I published is called Daughter and the Snake, and that was out of necessity because I was going through a very difficult time in my life. Someone that I care deeply about was going through a depression, and it was just so painful to watch, uh, to see a person that you love very deeply, uh, not want to get out of bed, uh, not care even to eat food. It's just very hard. And uh, it was very scary because, like, there's nothing that I could do. I, I wanted to just take a piece of my love for that person and stick it under their skin to impregnate them with, with my joy for life. But, you know, you can't really do that. So Daughter and the Snake is my personification of depression. I don't actually say this in the book, but I'm telling you since we're talking about it. The snake is a manifestation of depression of it's like in this story it was a physical manifestation and so I wrote that story because I was feeling so afraid and I wanted to have some type of positive resolution that I could look forward to I won't say what happens in the end of the story but it is in its way a positive resolution and writing that story helped me and interestingly enough, the person who I deeply care for, who was depressed, read the story, recognized themselves in it without talking to me, understood what it was all about. And the visual Im imagery of getting eaten alive by a giant snake seemed to help clear the depression. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Saving lives out here. Like, yeah. <laughs> can we add superhero to your resume as well? Or? Oh my gosh, <laughs> please is it, is it too do. Cool? Please superhero. do. Yeah, so, I, so I wrote that story out of necessity, but it was, I, I, and I shared it with a few writers whose work I admire and they had such encouraging words for me that I published it. And then I got this, this, he's a, um, 
He's a world-class narrator. This man, Dennis Kleinman, I got him to narrate the story. So when you listen to the audiobook version, it's got even more layers because of his beautiful voice. And there are motifs in that story. That story for someone who is depressed or for someone who knows someone who's depressed, it's really helpful because I don't address it directly, but instead with motifs and imagery and uh, it's something that people really, really like. And it was very encouraging. And that was my first story I published. And when I did it, the response that I received was so overwhelming. I thought to myself, I've got something here. And I have to, I owe it to myself and to the world to nurture it and develop it and to try this again. That's phenomenal. Like, that's crazy that, you know, through all of that, you're able to generate such captivating stories that you know just get people just enticed to read more and i kind of want to ask i mean it's, 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 i know it's probably a hard question but i'm get sure as a, as a creator you just always have ideas in your mind so i kind of want to you know go go you know for the home run question here like what would be in your mind like if you could like you know money was not an issue you know the time was not an issue what what would be like your uh what would be like your biggest project that you would want to put out for the public to see? Like just what would it encompass and what would you want to, what would you hope it would say? When you say project, how, how do you I mean, mean like, like, um, it, it, you know, uh, it could be a book, it could be a movie. Like, I just want to know like what, 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 what would be the story that you want to say or bring out so that the people could resonate with you? Mm, well, one story that I'm working on. Well, that's such a hard thing. Okay, just one one more question before I answer. No problem. When you say project, you're you're speaking like about like literary works, or do you mean like project? Does go... it have to be entertainment only? I entertainment could be whatever or... project you want to do. That's what I want to go because I mean you have such oh. a creative mind. Like like I said, like any. That's why I said project. Like it doesn't have to be a book. It doesn't have to be a movie. Just like anything that you want to do. If time and money were weren't an issue. Okay, if time and money were no issue. Oh my gosh, that's really hard. I have big and I have bigger. Um, the biggest, <laughs> <Go for> biggest. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna tell you the biggest, the biggest, and this is my dream. So all over America, all over the world, but I'm American and so here we are. All over America, there are these beautiful resort hotels that are defunct. They're boarded up, shut down, have been shut down for years. There's one in particular that's in Colorado that's just gorgeous. It's on this promontory. It's gorgeous, but it's been shut down for, I don't know, 20 years or more. It's a work of art. There are these resorts all over America like this. I would love to restore these resorts and turn it into an artistic rehabilitation center. And what it would be is it would be like a monastery. I know this is like going to sound a little bit weird, but stay with me. It's like a monastery. Okay. It's a monastery where people can come and rejuvenate themselves and rejuvenate their lives. I feel like this is something that could be really beneficial. Imagine if you could go to a place, you don't have to, it's, it wouldn't cost anyone anything to go. You meditate, you pay, you pay with your services and the service is meditation. I read this article years ago and I thought it was so interesting. 
And these scientists did a study on transcendental meditation. Transcendental meditation is a type of meditation. Um, it's a specific kind of meditation. And if you look up any videos or anything on it, you'll see like a lot of times they have someone with an electrode attached to their head. And when they and you can see their brain waves. And when they start doing this transcendental meditation, their brain waves change and they become like more like fluid and elongated. You can see there's something going on in the brain. Anyway, these scientists did this study and they had a, a group of meditators practicing TM and within, it was like a, a certain mile radius. I don't remember the exact number of miles. Uh, crime in this, in the area decreased to zero during the time that these people were meditating. And I thought, oh my God, oh my gosh. It was like their frequency that that they were emitting was affecting the atmosphere in a way that apparently made people not feel like committing crime. All crime, not only just violent crime, just crime, period. And it's a scientific study. I can find the link and, and share it with you if you'd like to include it in the links in the show notes or whatever. But it was so inspiring to me. I thought I would love to reopen those, um, those defunct resorts and create a place like this where people are practicing this transcendental meditation and creating literal peace in the vicinity and a place where people could go for free to recenter themselves. And then they could go back out into the world with this new skill and create literal peace everywhere. Woo! That was deep. <laughs> That was very deep. That was very deep. Um, you said if money was no object. Not- you, uh, hey, and you, you, you went and you soared with the answer. Um, you know, you have your website on, uh, on Patreon.com. And I wanted to know if your listeners uh, decided to become one of your patrons, uh, what would that give them access to? Well, I'm really glad you asked that. You know, for people who have Patreon pages, one of the biggest challenges is always discovering what patrons want that would be not too difficult to deliver consistently. So, of course, the first thing that my patrons will get at any level is a personal thank you note for me and a little gift. I'm an artist and I'm always creating art. And so I have this new obsession with um, creating tiny art. So definitely someone's going to get a thank you note and a little piece of tiny art from me. Um, So far, I've been experimenting with creating um, supplementary um, content that isn't in the story. So for example, like Mollyville is my dystopian series. And there is a lot in the dystopian world that uh, isn't in the book that's out right now, but there are maps of Mollyville. There are deep character, deep uh, character backstories. And I've been experimenting and thinking about maybe sharing that with my patrons. I'm still discovering what it is that people desire. One thing that I definitely offer is, um, lot is hangouts, live hangouts, especially right now, because my Patreon page is kind of new. I don't really have very many patrons, but one thing I thought would be really fun to do is to have live hangouts maybe once a month where we could talk about whatever the patron wanted to talk about, especially if the patron is a writer. Um, we can have one-on-one or small group hangouts where we can talk about their writing, their story. If somebody would like to you know, talk about developing it 
I'm, I'm open to all of that. I'm really open to suggestions. So basically, if someone is my patron, they can tell me what they would like, and I'll probably do it. Hmm. Oh, man. You may not want to open that up because that's right like a... box. You know, <laughs> you know, it's very it's it's interesting. You know, people think a lot of things, but they don't necessarily say. But you know, but I really mean that. I'm I'm really open to to suggestions. I want to uplift and, and share as much of myself that I that I can. That feels good. If someone is giving me their support, I want to support them too. And that means something different for everybody. For example, some patrons might. Uh, have a project that they would really like to shine a light on. So uh, for, for some of my, there are a couple of higher tiers of patronage. And for those higher tiers, I offer something that's really, really helpful. If someone's at the highest tier on my thematic podcast, I will thank them and say that the episode was made possible because of them. And a little bit lower tier of membership would be um, to actually thank them in the description with a link to their project and a few words about it just to get some attention on it. Because for some people, that's the most beneficial. And for others who want something more personal, you know, I'm open to suggestions. Mm, mm, I got to take it back to the good old Uncle Ben. With great power comes great responsibility. And I'm glad to see that you're out here making it all possible and making dreams come true. So that's amazing. Thank you. Miss Maximilian, I mean, it's, I always have to take a, take a a breath and just think of this, like just looking back on, you know, your track record and everything you said today, like you just are amazing, like flat out, just amazing. Everything you do is amazing. And we're just honored to have you here. And, you know, by the time we have to hit you with the famous Educate Hustle two-piece and that is easy those are just the two final questions no pressure just you know it's what people are going to remember you for and last thing they hear from you for this episode so no pressure at all oh the first right one's hey you know easy. diamond diamond exactly exactly the first one's always easy so how can the people get in contact with you you can get in contact with me through my website which is terranmaximiliandefoe.com it's super long so maybe i'll just include a link to the we in the will, show notes and uh, you can also reach out to me on Twitter, and that's M-A-X-X-I-M-I-L-L-I-A-N. The best way to reach out to me, though, is to be my patron on Patreon. You can send me a message. That way you're not limited to, to uh, you know, a certain amount of characters, and it'll be a private message that you can send me, and, you know, we can dialogue there as well. So that's patreon.com slash Maximilian. Two X's, two L's. That's great. That's incredible. And you have such a radio voice, by the way, like a podcast voice. Like, it's so very smooth and very, very uh, authentic. But anyway, sorry. The last Thank question. <laughs> the last question. <laughs> easy. Well, not to say easy. It's, you know, think about it. You know, just the last question. Okay. What would be some parting words that you would have for our audience today? I'm going to take a moment to think about that, okay? Yeah, take a moment. Sure. It's fine. You know, take your Kaepernick knee. <laughs> wait what's that <laughs> just you're kneeling down like just waiting to say something epic <laughs> oh right okay okay <clears throat> let me think about that parting words I'd like to share these words are not my own but I think they're very powerful and they are you create your own reality now these are my own words and I say this in afterlife actually it's in episode 14 sneeches and it's this what other people think about you and how other people feel about you has nothing to do with you. 
And in fact, it's none of your business because you can never control or manipulate what other people think and feel. Your job is not to get people to feel a certain way about you. And your job is not to feel okay with what other people think about you. All you have to do is be the best version of yourself in every moment. In every moment, every choice you make is who you are. So know that and know that you're not, you're not, um, <clears throat> you're not trapped in who you were or who you used to be. You can change in every moment. You don't have to work up to it. You don't have to ask for anything. You don't have to connect with anything. Everything you are and everything that you can be is already inside you. And it doesn't matter if anyone else sees it. You know it's there. And that's enough. Man, that was amazing. That was powerful. That was deep. That was all the positive, positive words you can fit in like a sentence without it becoming a run on. Maximilian, <laughs> you have been like just a blessing to have here. And we, I mean, we thank you so much for just taking the time to stop with us. I mean, all your, your busy schedule, like it's, it's, uh, but we are so glad that you made time for us and you really have brought like new light and new, new positivity into our episode today. And we just thank you so much for being a part of it. Thank you so much. I was hoping that you guys would someday invite me to be on your podcast. <laughs> You know, we just, we, we, we wanted to get you near your birthday to make it special, oh, you know? Oh, <laughs> from day one. <laughs> yes, birthday magic. Very thankful having you on. Uh, listeners, by the time this comes out, there'll be belated, but definitely, I'm sure she'll appreciate it. Reach out to Miss Maximilian and let her know that she had a, hopefully she had a great birthday and give her some happy belated as well. And Indeed. we thank you so much for just spending your, your time with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing these moments with me. And there you have it, folks. Miss Maximilian Defoe giving us that visionary knowledge of a podcast author. Emilio, what you think, man? Man, she's just so incredible. It's 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 crazy. I apologize already for gushing during the interview, but you know when you when you get a guest like that, that really just brings so much phenomenal amazement to the our you know art show. It it's just it's hard to contain sometimes. Like you know her her resume, like we said, was just loaded full of stuff, and we're just honored that she took the time out to be on our show because it means so much, and we really wish her the best in her future endeavors. And you know I don't think I don't think it's gonna be the last time you hear about Maximilian and Educate Hustle. But you know I'm not a I'm not a guru. I'm not a I'm not a prophet. You know I'm not Miss Cleo. But that's just you know Emilio giving some of his his own take on things. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all good, man. She really did drop a lot of gems, and um, it, it's just crazy that uh, you know, we spent a lot of time off here, kind of discussing, you know, the vision of our show and the vision of her show. So, you know, she's definitely a person you wanna you wanna keep in your corner and get in contact with, because, uh, like she said, the mantra of her 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 uh, stories, uh, she wants people to feel as needed uh to others as they do to themselves so um you can definitely hear that when you talk to her so it's just it's just amazing to meet people that actually care you know about what you do and want to reciprocate their success onto you exactly exactly a, a fellow partner in the hustle 
So, yeah. <laughs> but enough of that, enough of the gush, enough of all the odds and applies. Let's get to why you're really here. The main important thing, the beef, the entree, as you would say, of the whole experience. How you, yes, you can reach us. Educate Hustle can reach you a variety of different means on social media. We are on Snapchat at Educate Hustle. That's all one word. Educate Hustle. There we post snaps, little videos, little things throughout the week to kind of get you inspired, get you motivated, get you pumped up for what you got to do. We are also on Instagram at Educate Hustle Podcast. Once again, that is Educate Hustle Podcast. Once again, there, keep it real simple. Photos, inspirational messages, just things to keep you motivated, keep your brain right, and of course, keep you looking forward onto what's next in life. You can also find us on Facebook by liking our page, Educate Hustle. That's two words, Educate Hustle. You know you reached the right page because you'll see that logo that you all know and, of course, love. And now I got to take a break from plugging just to do some more plugging. If you like the show and you really want us to succeed, please, please, please. Review our show on iTunes. All my Apple users, I know you're out there. That's one of the most popular ways people consume the show is on Apple products. Take the time to write us a review. It's very simple. All you got to do is go to their Apple podcast section, type in Educate Hustle, and there you click on our logo, and voila, it says in purple, write a review, hit that, and then all you need to do at that point is write a review. can be short, can be long, can say it's lit can also say it's real. We don't really take much assumptions as long as you put that five stars. So please, 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 if you haven't already, write us a review because it helps our show awareness goes up. It helps our guests get up and it helps the overall show quality go up. And those free ups turn into a up through there moment. Now I got to take a break from that plugging to go back into plugging. You can also follow us on Twitter at educated underscore hustle once again that is educated underscore hustle we do daily interaction tweet that's probably one of the best ways to reach us because it goes right to our phone y'all right to it and then last but never least if we really feel like we did a great job we really put this spirit in you you, you want to collab you want to be on the show you want to tell us how we did you can email us at educate hustle podcast at gmail.com once again that is educate hustle podcast at gmail.com Yes, sir. And as always, bro, you got to lead us out, man. Lead us out. Man, people, just take this time right now to know that you have blessings in many forms. And, you know, Miss Maximilian was a blessing to have. And through her contact and through her, you know, just her advice and counsel, we're going to do even better, better things for all of you guys. And just keep an eye on it. And I just want to say that, you know, when you meet people and you have these connections, you know, you never know what's going to spring from it. So always take the time to just learn and accept and let people help you. And and, and in a lot of cases, ask for help. We, we can't do everything by ourselves. We're not meant to do everything by ourselves. You need people to help you out. So don't be afraid to reach out and use the connections to ask for some help. It can be something as simple as letting someone know, hey, you like their company that I work for. You want to know how to get started. Hey, I see you guys are writing. I want to learn how to write. You know, use your connections. Use advantages to your advantage because guess what? That's how you make yourself a success and we really hope that you guys use this week to go out there make those new connections and of course keep the hustle alive and strong and as always you got to stay educated and keep hustling